previously on the Untitled Beatles podcast. Mind Games 50th. Much like Foreigner, the Shandogs into head games. That's the plastic UFO no band. How much better is Mind Games than Red Rose Speedway? I'm never like, oh, this is fucking better than that, you know. John's the original emoji king. I mean, that's an opinion, and that's yours, right? Yeah. John loved fajitas. What I do like about this record is that it does take a more personal turn. I mean, it goes without saying, it's a play on words. Tight ass, tight ass. I'm a butt man and a cub fan. Oh, I know. Untitled Beatles podcast. The next song is called uh, Aisumasen, parentheses, I'm sorry. Uh, that's a Japanese term that means I'm sorry. The formal term is actually Aisumimasen, but it kind of got uh, colloquialized. Mm. It's a dirgy, kind of a sad ballad, but I still quite like it. I still quite like this song. When And I don't know what I'll do I see myself You could sing Asu Meissen to Intuition, and that would be two better songs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Leave Intuition out of this song. <laughs> I will tell you, I firmly believe this. I think this is the first unmemorable John Lennon ballad. Okay, that's fair. I'm not calling it bad. I'm saying of all the, you know, of all the ballads John Lennon's written, the sad ones, the happy ones, the cathartic ones. This one, after many listens over many years, is not one that ever pops into my head. And there's okay. hundreds of John Lennon songs that do. It kind of meanders. It's similar in structure to... It's got the feel of God from Plastic Ono Band. It's got a little of the Angel Baby feel, which, of course, he'd cover for... Um, he'd cover for the Roots album. <laughs> what? I'm going to call Rock and Roll Roots from now on. Right, right. Uh, um, but yeah, and you know, if you listen that Dave Spinoza guitar solo is really in John parlance, it's son of maybe I'm amazed. Much like ELO is Son of I'm the Walrus, I feel like that's an, maybe I'm amazed, inspired guitar solo from a guy who played with Paul. This song's got, it, I just have never loved this tune. Okay. Again, that's fair. I do think it's too slow. I think they could have picked it up a little bit in tempo. Um, but yeah, it's a sad song. Originally it was called Call My Name and it was... Uh, it changed perspective before the last weekend began because originally it was like, I'll ease your pain, which then turned into Aisumasen or however you say it. Aisumasen. I don't know. Forgive my, yeah, I'm butchering it. Forgive my pronunciation. Don't cancel me for fucking pronunciating it wrong. <laughs> 
going to cancel you for your shit grammar. <laughs> yeah. You suck at Japanese, Mendoza. I get it. Uh, and now he's asking for forgiveness, though, much like I am right now. Mm-hmm. Aisumasen. There's also some more Japanese in here. I'm going for it. Uh, senpaku is another word he uses. Real senpaku. It's a term that means three whites. Excuse me. Uh, it's, it refers to a condition where the whites of the eyes are visible in at least three locations. Individuals with Sanpaku eyes are considered ill-fated and destined for a life filled with misfortune. Mm. And it's telling, man, the song ends abruptly. Which suggests that uh, perhaps the forgiveness has not been obtained and John's left kind of hanging on his own. The apology has been rejected. I do love the weird minor ending in this. I do yeah. think the ending is one of my favorite parts of the song. Again, I don't hate the song. It just I went through every other John Lennon ballad I could in my head. And like, there's no other John Lennon ballad that he wrote a release leading up to this that I think is as unmemorable as this one. Not an insult that's meant to be a testament to the otherworldly brilliance of John Lennon, the songwriter. Copy that, man. Yeah. Copy that. Ooh, up next, TJ. I think this is arguably your favorite Lennon song on this album. I've never wanted to hear the TV theme more in my entire life. <laughs> At least that's upbeat. So while you're here, enjoy the view. Keep on doing what you do. Hold on tight, we'll muddle through one day at a time. One day at a time. We are speaking of one day at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tony... This is the first solo John song I think I genuinely don't like. I mean, the <laughs> the you, ooh, yeah, as, drive me. There, This is John, she's leaving home. <laughs> <laughs> One day at a time is all we Like that i think it's very cloying the demo of this i'll take the demo of this over this song i think it's weirdly produced i don't think it's well written i think it's too slow i do think he's entering his elton john phase here and elton john covered this song and every Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So, I mean, it warrants a cover by Elton John, one of uh, a living legend, another rock and roll legend. So he saw some merit in the song is what I'm saying. He did. I, I might be in the minority here, but yeah, this song drives me a little bonkers. I get that. Yeah. Those backing vocals were provided by a vocal group called Something Different. Uh, they were a trio. It's Christine Wiltshire or Wiltshire, if she's British. Jocelyn Brown and Angel Coakley, kind of like 20 feet from stardom kind of gals. They're great. 
but what they have to do is not great. This is not <laughs> doing a solo and give me shelter at midnight because you I mean, <laughs> right. No, it's not that. <laughs> yeah. Again, I don't mind this song. Actually, I yeah, I I, li- I do like this song. I do like it. I hear you on the cloying bits with those backing vocals. They are high in the mix. Uh, the Eight Arms guys say one of the best tracks on the LP, sadly ruined by an ill-advised falsetto vocal. That's John's vocal. Yeah. The falsetto was Yoko's idea, by the way. And yeah, the lyrics are not as polished as they could be. I'll give you that. Yeah. There is. What do you think of the anthology version, though? So the anthology version, he's singing in his lower register. There's like no overdubs. There's no pedal steel. There's no sax. And there's no something different. When we're together. There's never a beat in between The beat of our hearts Cause I'm the apple and you're the tree What do you think of that one? I love it. I prefer it because I like that the electric piano does the call and response thing instead of the something different ladies, the very talented ladies who sound very cloying in that regard. I do have my note is I prefer the anthology version. It's more sad and less ornamented. But yeah. even then, the song still kind of sucks. The the version, it really does. I'm in, sorry. In your opinion, yeah. In, in my opinion, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. You know, uh, you're a 12-bar original guy. I love Cry for a Shadow. We, we both differ. From I can't things. wait to go to Flowers in the Dirt with you, man. Oh, <laughs> We're going to get in the dirt with Flowers in the Dirt. Tony brought me Flowers in the Dirt. That's when a thrill became a hurt. All right, Tony. Now you, you got me dancing to figure you're right. I got, I got to get back to this here. Um, it almost sounds like he's writing a Harry Nielsen tune. You talk about the beginning of the last weekend. This song's part Elton. It's part Harry Nielsen. It sounds like the acoustic version of him or the demo of him singing in the lower register could be in a solo Keith Moon album. It's a, it's a strange tune. And again, whether it's Gloria Estefan or the original, give me the theme song. All right. All right. All right. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. Well, what about Bring on the Lucy, the next song, Free to People in parentheses? Not if you're autocorrect. It's Bring the Lucy, Fred People. <laughs> Fred Rock. Twitch, twitch. He's exciting. He's marvelous. He's Fred. Well, we'll twist around the clock tonight in Bedrock. So at any rate, yeah, the album finally wakes up. I, I This would have been the second best song on Sometime in New York City. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. I would argue the best song on Sometime in New York City, but that's me. That's me. I love Angela. <laughs> yeah, this song's political without being super overt, like sometime in New York City. And even exactly. though it's not John's most memorable melody, but at least it rocks and doesn't feel as forced as tight ass. This song, this song breathes like a rock song should. You're making all our decisions. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good one. Yeah, it, it dates back to 71. So yeah, 
He wrote it on a brand new national acoustic guitar that he'd gotten. Yeah, it's anti-Vietnam War, the sentiment, stop the killing. He's kind of putting it on the politicians and the, you know, so while you're jerking off each other, you better bear this thought in mind. Your time is up. You better know it. But maybe you don't read the signs. It's also the only mention of 666 in a Beatles-related song that I can think of. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that and George Harrison's Devil's Radio. Oh, does he say 666 in that? No, but he says Devil's Radio. Right. Well, and then there's <laughs> De- Run, Devil, Run with Paul, but does he, he never says like 666 in it. No, I don't think so. Yeah, there you go. So this is pretty metal. This song's fucking metal, man. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta play between the devil and the deep blue sea backwards. One, a two, a one, two, three. Call Tipper Gore. John Lennon said six, six, six. Uh, There's a great Pop Matters piece, like written like over ten years ago, dedicated to this song. Lucy has an ironic and satirical view that maybe he was mocking the whole idea of freeing the people with a song. You know, it's him writing a protest song that's almost an anti, you know, breaking the fourth wall protest song about itself. Like, yeah, here's a song that's going to save the world. Yes. But it's probably not going to. Imagine didn't save the world, you know. So nothing's nothing I've done to save the world. But I'll keep going. Yeah. And at the end, he does scream, stop the war. I think you meant to say, stop the killing. killing. It's a very typical John, to your point about that article, he's playing both sides of the coin and able to pull it off. It's sincere and satirical, which is very John. Yeah, man. And I love the 2002 Alan Rouse mix. I want to say it's Alan Rouse that did those uh, mixes. I'm pretty sure. I'm looking. Was Alan Rouse and Peter Coven? Or let's see here. Stop. The project coordinator is Alan Rouse. The remix engineer is Peter Coven. Nice. Good work, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. And this song in particular, you can hear the low guitar line in the right channel. That really, I never really heard that before. The bass, it just sounds more chocolatey. There's more detail in the actual slide guitar. They really brought the the details out on the song. I loved it. Yeah, it's a great mix, and it really highlights when the drums, and this is Rick Murado with, I think, Keltner, when the drums go into double time during the fade-out is awesome. Yeah, yeah, I like that part. And Tony, you mentioned while you're jerking off each other. So while you're jerking off each other. This is the song that inspired Blister in the Sun. Body and pizza, I stain my sheets, I don't even know why. Which is 40 years old this year. That album is 40 years old. Yeah, Violent Femmes, right. Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Milwaukee's own, yeah. Yeah, man. Well, side one closes with uh, my favorite song. No, uh, the Newtopian International Anthem. Three seconds of silence or six seconds of hiss if you've got the 2002 remix. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it's, just, it's not hiss, it's just silence on the on the original vinyl. Yeah, yeah. 
Tony, uh, this song is the only song on the record, at least per the 2002 CD booklet, where Yoko gets a songwriting credit. All songs <laughs> by John and Yoko, except Newtopia. I'm not kidding. That's it's hilarious. It's so funny to me. I mean, it's a, a thin side of music. It's a thin slab of vinyl right there. And to end with a silent track, it's not even like the inner groove on the original British Sgt. Pepper that had, mm-hmm. you know, the high-pitched thing and the... <laughs> You know, it doesn't, what's the point except for making mix CDs and having an extra space in between? <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, yeah, it's not a, not a song per se. Although I'm surprised John Cage did not get credit for it either. Who did the first silent bit or whatever. Oh yeah. And also it should be noted, Sly and the Family Stone also did uh, There's a Riot Going On was also a silent track. Um few years prior to this but yeah so this is kind of the last of their bed-in type of smart assery things it's a it's a joke it's a joke it's great it's humor you know and this is a comment on them yeah declaring utopia so that they can try and get out of their immigration troubles this album was written and recorded very quickly john had some song fragments but mostly this album was recorded what no couple written and recorded in a couple weeks yeah, it's, it was in the summer. Yeah, over July and August, I want to say, I think is when it was recorded at the record plant. Yeah. So it just, what I'm saying is side one's got five actual tracks on it and then this moment of silence. It's thin. This is John's wildlife. It's a thin side of vinyl. Okay, right. I'll give you that. Yeah, that makes sense because I love wildlife. So Me too. You know it doesn't I mean? mean there isn't greatness on this. I'm just saying five songs, then a little bit of silence is part of the Newtopia International Anthem. It's, you know, it's not a generous slab of vinyl right there, guy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> right. This has become an arm wrestling match. All right. Side two. Let's go over the top. <laughs> Let's let's go over the top. The Hulkster goes to work. And Hogan making a tremendous recovery here, slamming the head of the Undertaker into the turnbuckle. And what a great, great champion Hogan is proving to be. All right, so side two opens with intuition. Uh, Yeah, so this is one of the songs. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is lightweight piano bar Johnny Lennon. All I can say is that, yeah, I don't really care for this song. I mean, there's fun stuff. There's the portamento keyboard effects. I like that. It's an interesting solo. I like the solo. It's not just like a sax or a guitar. It's this funny keyboard sound. But yeah, it's like a cabaret, Annie, get your gun, swingy thing. It's not my bag. Do you like it? Because it's got a show tune vibe. Can we leave Paul McCartney alone now? (laughs) I didn't utter his name at all. Are you taking this song over Get On The Right Thing? I mean, sometimes there are no winners, TJ. (laughs) Sometimes there are no wieners. 
Ding dong. Tony, <laughs> this song, first, I think it's cool that John had the balls to cover the, the a Partridge Family tune. I mean, <laughs> I absolutely think, you know, and not having Shirley Jones was not very nice. Um, no, But Reuben Kincaid was there <laughs> overseeing it. Reuben Kincaid is Reuben Stuttered in American Idol, the musical. Tony, I mean, look, it's fine. There's some nifty drumming from Jim Keltner, but, you know, you can't have it both ways. Here's what I wrote. If you hate Single Pigeon and like this, you're a moron. <laughs> no, I agree. So I like Single Pigeon, but I don't care for this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of my least favorites on the record, if not least favorite. Interesting, though, the lyrics are upbeat. Quote, it's good to be alive. So it's like anti-year blues. Yeah, this is John writing a literal commercial. There's a couple tracks on here that sound like a commercial for M&M's, and this is one of them. Boodunks M&M's, Boodunks M&M's, in chocolate take a guess, in chocolate can you guess, who covers them in candy so there is no chocolate mess, the M&M's man, the M&M's man, the M&M's man, and he adds a lot of love to make it all taste good. The milk chocolate melts in your mouth, not in your hand. It's John. I don't like I don't want to rush to turn this song off. It is memorable. Let's call this John Zubla de Ubla da. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on the blue album. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of which, the next song, Out the Blue. Now, this is a song, man. Okay. This is a highly overlooked. Lennon, Jem, I say one of his finest ballads. What say you? Yeah, this is one of the best songs on the album. I love the finger picking to start it. Me too, man. It's got like a Jim Croce kind of feel to it at the top in the beginning. Absolutely. Out the blue you came to me And blew away life's misery Out the blue acoustic beginning and then it segues into the kind of heavy Phil Spector like production that there's a country feel to this too the 2002 oh, yeah. remix really brings out how the piano is kind of a honky tonk oh the piano's so good in this man This is another one that feels like it could be an Elton John song, too. I can't... Hearing yeah, this man. album, in cl- and I think Goodbye Yellow Brick Road came out the same year, too. A seminal, Yeah, and, and a great album, too. And, I mean, you can tell they're becoming friends because there's Elton influence in John and John influence in Elton. So, yeah, interesting chord changes. This, yeah. by the way, is only one of three songs from the album on the Lennon Ultimate Mixes collection. That remix of this song is incredible, too. Yeah, yeah. Those are the mixes to listen for. The ultimate mix and then the uh, the 2002 one. Yeah. Yeah, I love that chord change. Yeah, it's like C, D, G, F sharp, 7. So it's a half step down with a 7th on it. I, that does it for me. I'm a sucker for half step chord progression. Yeah. 
it feels like a George Harrison chord change, Tony. Mm-hmm. Something about it feels different enough where it's unexpected and somehow works. The uh, the background singers make it a gospel. It's a gospel song, yeah. a folk song, a country yeah. song, a pop song. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and not, a ballad. And a ballad. <laughs> it's not the best song on the album. I think it's Mind Games, but I think it's in my number two slot. I love it. Yeah, I'm with you on that for sure, man. Yeah. Some funny lyrics. Like a UFO, you came to me, blew away life's misery. You know, Lennon claimed to have seen a UFO from the balcony at that penthouse he had with May Pang. So interesting. I always wondered if like a UFO was a Yoko reference. I mean, it could be both, right? Un- unidentified flying Ono. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song, man. And yeah, yeah, it it hasn't gotten its due. It hasn't gotten its due, but you can give it its due by just playing it a bunch and loving it. And even though compilations don't matter like they did when we were growing up, the fact that it was placed on Ultimate Mixes is very special. Yeah, makes sense, man. Uh, Another throwaway, (laughs) Only People. This is my also, I rank this as high as I do intuition. This is not my favorite. Lennon in Playboy said it's a failure of a song. It was a good kick, but I couldn't get the words to make sense. With the exception of the we don't want no big brother line, the song feels meandering and without a real purpose. It's actually got a decent feel and groove, but it says to me, people say, well, this is another political John song. Yeah, Only okay, people right. can change the world. But to me, it feels like a throwaway. This doesn't feel totally. like it's not a metaphor like like bring on the Lucy. And it's not as literal as working class hero or give me some truth. Um, but it just feels like a, like a throwaway and there's very few John throwaways in his catalog. Yeah. The line is, we don't want no big brother scene. And that's because, uh, at that time, John was more into the real world season one, uh, (laughs) the one in New York city. There's some very volatile scenes (laughs) in that first season. It's a pretty good one. We now present a brief recap. You've disrespected me. You've disrespected me. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. You argument. Pin you down. Only for being yourself now. No. Are you going to yell at me the whole time? Are you going to yell at me the whole time? Yeah, man. Only people. Only people can save the world. It was a Yokoism used to describe uh, Imagine when the Lennon Onos hosted the Mike Douglas show in 72. So it came from that political time. Yeah. Not my favorite. Mm -mm. Ready to move on, though. Let's move it on up. (laughs) Love this next one, though. Another underrated one. I don't rank it quite as high, but I've always loved this song. I know, parentheses, I know. This sounds like a Lennon song. This is a Lennon song that sounds like a Lennon song. No question. And it sounds like a Paul song, too, because the intros, I've got a feeling. Trees from 
is a great song. It's confessional. Um, this is a song clearly written about its relationship with Yoko and yeah. and the failings of that, certainly at that time. One thing I love, there's it, there's got a couple descending guitar lines that sound like the ones Bowie uses in the cover of Across the Universe, which John also plays on the... Are yeah. used in both songs, and it's very interesting... That he is. Had, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if that's Earl Slick or Carlos Alomar, the other guitarist on that Bowie track playing those lines, but they're the same in each song, which I think is really neat. I give the song five fabs. You can almost nice. hear the origins of woman if you listen closely enough. Ooh, yeah. And See, that's another one. Yeah. I ranked that about. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. Tony, he repeats no more crying a bunch. And when the song ends, it ends on a minor key. It's well constructed. It's beautifully written. This is another one of the I referred to the three classics, and this is another one of those to me. Yeah, to me, it's that middle eight bit that just makes it beautiful. Or maybe that's the chorus, whatever you want to call it. It just pushes the song beyond a pedestrian kind of a ballad and takes it to another place. Yeah, it's kind of like his always on my mind, the way it's like there's this penance and he knows he's fucked up. And yeah, he's asking for forgiveness, but it ain't coming. So it is. Yeah. It's kind of like written to the walls a little bit. It's interesting because to me, this was more like his, and I, we, we can differ on Willie, but this is almost like his um, To All the Girls I've Loved Before. <laughs> and I feel like May Pang is silent, Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> Julio Iglesias. No, his son who stepped in to do it after Julio was oh, like, I ain't singing you, this anymore. Did I confuse the Iglesias? It was Julio in the 80s, yeah. You're Enrique's right. Enrique's the kid. Right, but it's me and Enrique down by the schoolyard. <laughs> uh, next up is You Are Here, the penultimate song on this album. Nine. Nine. You get a little nine Easter egg in there. Yeah, by the way, we didn't mention this album charted its highest position on the Billboard charts was number nine. Number nine? Oh, yes. In the U.S., it reached number nine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this one's funny, man. This is yeah, definitely his uh, Jimmy Buffett song. This proves that yeah, John could have opened up his fish stand at the seaside, you know. Should he should he have uh, prospered? And it all turned it out. It all turned out just, just fab. Fab. Because <laughs> just fab because we got gentlemen the tapes. Gentlemen. <laughs> we got the tapes. <laughs> Um, I, Tony, oh man, I love this song. I've always loved this song. This appeals to the Jimmy Buffett America side of me. Um, the playing, it almost, it foretells the comeback songs he'd write in Bermuda. I, totally. Like, like yeah. the Milk and Honey double fantasy songs would not have occurred without, I feel like this, like 
it's got that kind of Caribbean. Like, this would be the best song on Gone Trapa. With all due respect to Wake Up, My Love, God Bless You, Greece, which is also the word. Um, but yeah, from mystical to magical, what a way to fly. I love the lyrics in this. East is East, West is West, West is East. I mean, this in Red Rose Speedway 73 talk is his Little Lamb Dragonfly, and I love mm. them both, and I feel like they both have that laconic, happy, dreamy effect, and both songs get five fabs. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's a fun one. It's a, it's a kickback in the hammock song with your blue cocktails. I love the 2002 mix. Sneaky Pete's, those dreamy pedal steel leads are really prominent. Like, I love that. Good mix, man. Good mix. Good song. You are here. 30,000 miles. Wherever you are, you are here. Sneaky Pete's is a great burrito place in the Denver area. (laughs) I think that's illegal Pete's. But I tried. <laughs> yeah, they put honey on everything there. Just a taste uh, of honey, Tony. <laughs> Tasting much sweeter than wine. And then it wraps up with Meat City. Yeah, man. See, you just did like a high. You just high fived yourself and then cheered. Like this is a great fucking record, right? This is a great record. Mind Games is a great record. Look how much excitement it gives you. Side two picks it up a ton. Side one is uh, again like side two is everything I don't want side one to be, and yet side two starts with two songs I don't particularly like. So right, that, right. that's what's difficult here is, you know, yeah. but this the Meat City is so much fun. I knew this song as the B-side too, but well before I had this on CD or vinyl, I had the 45 of Mind Games and I always played both sides of these. I didn't play side B as much because I didn't really understand what was going on here. <laughs> yeah, it's but bonkers. Yeah. It's a great song. It's a weird song. If whatever gets you through the night is his first novelty song, then this is novelty song 1A. Well, I've been Meat City. It's it's a bit like is he, is he singing about New York? Is he singing about China? He, he's singing yeah. about I mean yeah. Chicken picking. I mean, it's, it's Finger funny licking. and it's great. Chicken picking, Freak City, Pig Meat City, Shook Down USA. Love those lyrics. They're like Chuck Berry, uh, like 70s dirty Chuck Berry lyrics. Yeah, I feel like the lyrics reflect the vibe Lennon picked up off of gritty ass New York in the 70s, mm-hmm. where everything was just like garbage and dirt and danger and like, what the fuck, knives and fucked up shit. Yeah. And he's put it all into these lyrics that are fun and they convey that same feeling. All the the F sounds and the the hard C sounds. And yeah, this is like him walking around New York. Imagine that. John Lennon walking around like dirty ass New York. In fact, TJ, if you watch Superfly, you can actually see John Lennon walking during the junkie chase. <laughs> Unpaid extra, John Lennon. (laughs) I watch the Junkie Chase Sundays on ABC. (laughs) Following your late local news. And your late local nudes. (laughs) 
Yeah, man, uh, I, that's a great point. When I think of John walking around New York City, I think about the diehard Beatle fan going, I got all your albums. I got the blue album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all on there. I got them all. I got them all one record. When are you getting them back together with the Beatles? I got your blue album. I got your Bokua Blues album. <laughs> It's <laughs> so great. Sign my album. Yeah, I'm walking around with a copy of Good Night Vienna. Um, <laughs> first off, file this under chicken sucking mother truck and rock, my man. And two. Shut your mouth. <laughs> he's a bad John Lennon. He's a bad chicken. Shut your mouth. Well, I'm talking about yeah, this song is peculiar. Yeah, it has a, it's a boogie woogie song originally called uh, Shoe Shine. And then it became just uh, Give Me Some Rock and Roll. And then became Meat City when the lyrics, I think, made. But it's, yeah, it's this like 4-4 four, four thing. Then that goes into crazy math rock stuff that I still can't figure out. Tony, I'm feeling you on that weird time signature. And I think it's time for a quick pit stop to the drum circle. I spent some time trying to unpack this chunk of Meat City. And here's how I'm counting it. I hear it as a measure of 5-4, followed by a measure of 7-8, and then two measures of standard 4-4 four, four time. And here's how I think it sounds. One and two and three and four and five and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and one. It's got a prog rock feel to it. And the chord totally. changes and the time signature changes and the weird drops and the yeah. backwards part of this, Tony, there's That's two fine. different versions. And the single version, to my knowledge, never released digitally. I ripped it from my 83 Rainbow Capital 45 Thank you for, doing for you. That. You're yeah. welcome. The single version has a different backwards message. Yes. Yeah. The single says when you play it backwards, check the album. I teach you, I had a hard time understanding. What does it say on the album version when you play it backwards? You know, I can't remember. First, what's the single from Sometime in New York City? <laughs> no. no. I, <laughs> I no. just can't remember the name. <laughs> no. no. Don't give him ideas, TJ. <laughs> You know, Tony, I believe uh, John in the album version at about the 110 mark sings one of his favorite phrases, which is he says, fuck a pig. Yeah, but it's backwards. <laughs> yeah, because I want to say he said that during a take of Hold On John, I think, right? During uh, instead of cookie, there's a version where he says like "fuck a pig." Yeah, or something that, like that that might be on the box set. Yeah, I think yeah. it's on the box. Yes, it is. Yeah, but yeah, it's such a fun thing. But he does talk about China towards the end. Here's a quote from John: "I want to take a rock band to China. That is really what I want to do to play rock in China. They have yet to see that." It's true. Yeah, so Tony, when the box set comes out, we're going to do a deep dive on the alternate tracks. The 2002 version added three bonus tracks. Again, yeah. how sad that it's out of print because now you can't find those. They're different than the ones that were on the no. anthology. Yeah, they're not streaming or anything. Yeah, real quick, it's like home versions of Aisumasen, however you say it, I'm sorry, Bring on the Lucy and Meet City. Yeah, and they're all really cool and they're all really worth having. One song that was not included as a bonus track that you've got to think is going to be on the reissue of this recorded during these same sessions, I believe, is Rock and Roll People, which made its debut right. on, on Men Love Avenue, which you and I both love. 
I bought that record in real time. I must have... 86. Yeah, I either got it for Christmas in 86 or pretty early in... No, it wouldn't have been 87 because I was... All I remember from that year is getting the Beatles CDs. So it would have been Hanukkah or Christmas 86. Until you told me this about two months ago, I really thought Rock and Roll People was part of Walls and Bridges because so much of that record... Right, it's Walls so, and Bridges and outtakes. Yeah. I never really did the homework <laughs> on this, but yeah, the fact that that's part of this, even the kind of rough version that's on Men Love Avenue would be the fourth best song to me on Mind Games. Yeah, it's a good rockin' tune. To me, it's like a tight ass. It's like a better version of tight ass. Yes. I suppose, yeah, yeah. Less country, more rock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know what? It's with the bluesy lick, it almost feels like an update of your blues. You sing them rock and roll people, but the ba da 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 bum bum. It's got a very blues feel to it. And because this came out in 86, Tony, it's got an 80s sound to me. I think of this song like it could have been on Milk and Honey, even though I know it was recorded well before those sessions. But I associate this as a mid-late 80s song. (laughs) It makes sense, right. It's going to have that stamp on it. So, yeah, man, I can't wait to hear the six CD or whatever it's going to be coming out next summer. Yeah, I would love to hear just like a properly mixed, mastered version of that stuff. Well, man, this album gets knocked down for being like confused, unfocused, littered with fluff. I think even Lennon admitted to that, but I think that's half right. We get a return to his personal songs, including, to me, two of his best ever solo songs. I still prefer this album over uh, Walls and Bridges and even Double Fantasy. That's me, though. I, there's a lot on this album I love. The title track, I know, parentheses, I know, Tony, but I would say in the it's a tribute to John Lennon that this to me ranks as my second to least favorite John Lennon album because the quality of everything else, including Milk and Honey, what's always killed me about that, which we'll get into when we do that record, is those songs are unfinished. Imagine, he, yeah. after getting the Double Fantasy songs out and written, John Lennon was renewed. And Milk and Honey proved that. But the one thing I'll tell you, Tony, I cannot wait for the deluxe reissue of this because Giles Martin's remix of Newtopian International Anthem is going to blow you away. And if you don't spend 400 bucks on it, hashtag not a fan, cancel yourselves. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. 